Today is May 18, 2020, and my name is Katrina Elise Hoffman. I'm a family and consumer science agent serving Macon and Montgomery counties. And today we will be having a podcast entitled Cooking with Kids featuring Dr. Adelia Bobel Benjamin. This podcast is brought to you by Tuskegee University's College of Agriculture, Environment, and Nutrition Sciences, Tuskegee University Cooperative Extension Program, and Anchor FM. We're currently available on many platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Breaker Audio, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Radio Public. Dr. Adelia Bovell-Benjamin is a professor in the Department of Food and Nutritional Sciences at Tuskegee University here in Tuskegee, Alabama. She received her PhD from the University of California, Davis in nutrition designated emphasis on international nutrition. She has worked internationally and nationally at the University of the West Indies, Trinidad, and as a public health nutritionist, a clinical dietitian, a food and nutrition consultant, and a visiting professor across Africa. Her research focuses on product development sensory science, complementary feeding, and food and nutrition issues as it relates to cancer, diabetes, and obesity prevention in African Americans. Dr. Benjamin serves as a reviewer and sits on the editorial boards of several peer-reviewed journals. She has authored several peer-reviewed research and review papers, books, and book chapters. Additionally, she has mentored and supervised many undergraduate and graduate students and served as the chair and organizing committee member of successful international food and nutrition conferences. I present to you today my mentor and academic advisor, Dr. Adelia Bovell Benjamin. Dr. Benjamin. Thank you very much, Ms. Huffman, for that kind and beautiful introduction. And I want to thank the organizers and coordinators of this podcast. Thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to share my knowledge with others. I'm very happy, very pleased to be here with you today. And I look forward to really having a good time talking about something I love to talk about. Well, let's just get right into it, Dr. Benjamin. What skills do you feel are important when introducing youth to food preparation? So, as I mentioned before to you, uh, Ms. Hoffman, I tweak that question a little bit because later on we are going to really get into the beef of that question about the skills being mm-hmm. important. But firstly, I would like to talk to say something about the value of kids learning to cook and the benefits of kids learning to cook. So as we all know, and if we didn't know before, cooking is a really valuable life skill that teaches youth about nutrition and food safety. 
as well as when young people learn to cook, it helps to build their math skills, their science skills, their literacy and fine motor skills. Being a researcher, I like to look at the research and I've seen coming out of the California Department of Education, a survey which indicated that 87% of fourth to eighth graders said that they cook and make some of their own snacks and meals. Mm -hmm. These researchers saw that kids or young people who lacked healthy cooking knowledge rely mostly on packaged foods or prepared foods as we think, containing questionable nutrition value. So that's one big important thing about food. If young people or young kids cannot cook, they are going to rely solely and almost totally on prepackaged foods. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the other benefits we see with youth learning to cook they like to try new and healthy foods. Once we teach them to cook, they begin to get into this thing about healthy cooking. It, it just comes with teaching them to cook. And we have seen coming out of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, research indicates that children engage in tactile experiences such as handling foods, they have less food neophobia. That mm -hmm. is the, you know, they, they are fearful of, they are not fearful of new foods. Trying new things. Yes, they don't have that food fear. And really they have a greater acceptance. They will try foods that they haven't seen before. So that's a big plus. They're going to try their vegetables. They're going to try new fruits. So that's one good thing about them, learning to cook. We could use the kitchen as a sort of research lab for right. young You know, we can involve all of their senses as we are teaching them to cook while they are kneading flour or tossing or pouring or smelling or cutting and feeling their foods, they have fun and they learn without being aware. They learn to use those tactile senses. They learn to become inquisitive and learn to turn on their inquiring minds. Another thing is that when they cook at home, when we teach them to cook, they kind of accomplish as a, a, a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, we have we 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 have some words we are doing so it kind of boosts their self confidence, and they spend a lot of time cooking. They spend more time cooking than being engaged on you know in in the screen time and the yes. and and the television. They recognize, once we teach them to cook and be doing it the right way, they recognize the importance of healthy food. Somehow they know which ones, because once they, we teach them to cook, they learn to use their 
food labels, they learn which foods are healthy, which are unhealthy, and so on. And we could go on and on, but they also learn lifetime skills through practicing their basic math. They have to measure how much is, um, you know, they have to figure out five mils of milk, two right. and they have to do those conversions. So they are really increasing their math skills. And they also learn social skills. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. Working together and communicating in the community. They learn a lot of social skills. And as I said, we could go on and on. They learn to take responsibility. They build positive memories attached to those good foods. They, um, they also learn food safety behaviors, which we are going to talk about later. And we, many of the studies have shown that <clears throat> we teach nutrition education without food preparation. We are kind of wasting time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good, very good start here where extension is about, you know, teaching kids to cook, it's, it's really a very good start because we cannot teach them nutrition without food preparation. What are the tools or what do you suggest are some of the tools that help to demonstrate what a healthy plate is, or as you mentioned, the food safety aspect of food preparation? Really, we have quite some resources out there for food preparation and I'm going to guide them to a few, guide you to a few. Mm -hmm. We know that there are many books, blogs, websites, videos show you how to prepare food. But sometimes, sometimes all our videos and our websites are not that great. So I'm going to give you about three or four credible websites where kids could be guided to. There's a website, eatright.org, mm -hmm. which is the website of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is really the voice. That's the, the premier group for nutrition mm -hmm. and dietetics in this country and internationally too. So that's one good source that has a lot of um, guidance for kids wanting to cook. IFT.org, the Institute of Food Technologies, is another excellent site that has, and credible, that has information for kids cooking. Healthy eating plate that comes out of the Harvard School of Public Health is another excellent sign, very credible. Okay. The, in fact, we also have the US Department of Agriculture. My plate section is an excellent, another excellent tool. And then we have the US Dietary Guidelines. If we look at them, it has some information for kids coming. So those are some of the, um, really credible source that have a whole lot of information. And of course, 
when we have programs like extension programs, those are again credible sources that would teach and give fact sheets and what have you about guiding. And of course, things like this podcast that we are talking about, you know, would be good sources for them. So uh, in addition to that, what about food safety techniques? Should they be introduced to you? As you said before, is that more important than introducing the preparation aspect? Well, this is extremely important. I think they should not go into the preparation without doing the food safety techniques. So they're equally Mm -hmm. important, extremely important. You know, in fact, safety is an important consideration for youths, not only for youths, but anyone who touches or prepares. That, that's about, you must know your safety because if we don't, we could have people killed. So mm-hmm. safety is really very important. And there are many of the skills which you, you know the young people should be introduced to before they begin food preparation. For example, they have to learn how to ensure that the product they're using is good, clean, handled, how to store it properly. They have to learn how to keep their countertops or their working surfaces and equipment really clean. We have to teach them how to handle knives, for example. And it depends on your different age groups. You have to teach them they may be handling different pieces of equipment or utensils. We have to teach them how to operate their ovens, their stoves, equipment such as blenders. We have to teach them how to do that before we teach them how to cook anything. We have to teach them very basic, simple things like keep raw meat, your poultry, and your seafood separate from cooked yeah. and ready to eat foods. I mean, a lot of us, even adults, sometimes get this mixed up and this is very bad. They have to learn to cook to proper temperatures. We have to teach them that before we actually put them into the kitchen. And again, it brings us back to them learning their mathematical skills while they're doing this. Okay, mm-hmm. so what is the boiling point of water? What temperature that should be? So they have to learn their temperatures. They have to learn the refrigeration skills. Is my refrigerator set at 40 and below, ideally 37 degrees? Those kinds of things are important. We need to teach them simple, very simple things again, like Wait until the food is finished before tasting it. Wait until it's cooked before tasting it. Right. Quite obvious, but it's something we have to teach them. We have to teach them about not licking their fingers when they are tasting. You know, they tend to do that. Yes. Yes when they are working with raw meat or poultry. So we have to teach them that. We have to teach them if you're using a tasting spoon, not to taste and then dip it back into the pot you are cooking or the pan you are preparing your food. 
So those are really, they sound very obvious, but really I think those are skills that they need. Now remember to Ms. Hoffman that none of these kids should go into any cooking, even or basic teaching them these basic safety techniques should mm -hmm. be in the kitchen without adult supervision. That's that's very important. Right. To be having some adult supervision. And then we have to teach them basic cleansing procedures before we put them in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, when we are teaching them to cook, they should have a small full safe kit somewhere. And we have to kind of teach them how to use that first, first aid kit. We hope they never have to use it, but they have to know if it comes, they have to use it. And then we have to teach them to work as a team in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. We have to teach them to help each other, learning to help each other and learning to share their expertise. So a particular kid might have us, you know, be very, you know, as you teach a class, you can yes. some some kids may catch it really quicker than others. Right. You know, a kid may be able to hold a knife the whole the correct way very quickly before the other one. So that mm -hmm. as a we have to teach them teams. So you they would teach their peers. This is how you do it. So we want them to learn to operate as teams and draw on the talent and experiences from each other. And of course, we teach them, you know, another food safety technique is really to teach them to be responsible. The key food safety technique, I would say, is we have to teach them to take responsibility for their actions and their activities. And that is that much I want to see on the food safety technique. So we have quite a bit we have to do. Right. But what do you feel um, as a professional? How effective is preparing foods in combating chronic illnesses, such as what you research, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, and cancer, specifically in the African-American community? Okay. So let me begin with this kind of famous quote. I would say good health in, is inextricably linked to the types of food we consume, right? Our health mm. is linked to the type of foods that we consume. And as the great Hippocrates said, let foods be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So mm -hmm. we know that kids learning to cook, chronic diseases, chronic disease prevention, they are all in the same vein. We know for a fact, given the research, our research coming out of our lab, we know that in our area, the Alabama Black Belt, Lincoln mm -hmm. County included, that we have very high rates of the chronic diseases, very high rates right. of type 2 diabetes in particular, cancer, heart disease, and so on. So we do have 
very high rates. And I would sum up that by saying, if we teach kids to cook and they grow up, or they even, as we teach them to cook, they are going to learn, as I said earlier, they're going to learn about healthy cooking, healthy foods, and so on. So we know that teaching kids to cook contribute to healthier diets. We know that for sure. A lot of research has shown us that. By the time we take the, the, the kids through the process of learning to cook, that child would know if we take them from a young age, and what's your age you're using again, you're beginning? We're using 10-year-olds, um, so about 9 to 10-year-olds, all the way to 13. Right. So if that foundation is built from that age, and even you could go even before 9, you could begin to teach. Yes. Once that foundation is built and yet teaching them food preparation and we are teaching them nutrition education. I'm saying, and I think it works because we had a project where we taught them some of this and we saw improvements. The kids would be able to recognize diets that are not high in saturated fats, mm -hmm. high in sugars, low in fiber, high in refined grains and animal products. They would recognize that those are some of the requirements we need to prevent our chronic diseases. We need diets low in saturated fats. We need diets low in added sugars. We need diets high in fiber. We need diets high in refined grains, kind of low in animal products, increasing plant foods, so more fruits, more vegetables, because we know those are the things that contribute to chronic diseases. And the diseases that we are seeing in the black belt would be our diabetes, again, our type two. We are seeing our obesity. We are very high up in terms of our obesity and yes. so on. If we teach those kids from young how to do this, how to better balance, I bet we would see changes. So it's very important. It's teaching them to prepare their foods to cook would contribute greatly, I think, to um, chronic disease reduction. How influential is this, the kids' preparation or meal preparation? Is it with the parents? If the parents are seeing the children are interested in eating a healthier diet, how influential are the parents in, let's say, purchasing those foods? So what we have seen from our research from that, we, we ran a project where we were teaching the kids about nutrition and about food preparation and all that. Mm -hmm. what, we've, what we did and what we found, remember now, we are teaching, kids have a lot of influence over their parents if it's yes. taking the right way. So once the kids know the right thing, 
they're going to influence their parents to buy the right things. And we saw this in our project. Now, okay. I go to the supermarket and I look at parents, family shopping with their kids. I always go on that, um, the cereal, the ready-to-eat cereal aisle. And I mm -hmm. see kids pointing out and pulling down to their parents which ones they want. And right. parents comply. So what we saw in the project, once the kids know the right thing, they tell the parents, they influence, or if you want to call it, I don't know, influence, manipulate, but it could get their parents, I think, to buy, because I think a lot of times the parent may not necessarily be doing the healthy cooking as we are doing and I heard, I heard on our project where we were out there with the kids, I heard kids saying, Mom, Miss said not to eat too much sugar. That one is sugary. Don't, you know, don't use that one. So I think with them, the kids' new knowledge, they could influence their parents and convince them to buy the food. What we also did on that project is that everything we taught the kids, we sent a weekly newsletter to the parents. So mm -hmm. if we taught the kid just to make a, I don't know, a fresh salad, for example, we had the recipe in the newsletter that we sent to the parents, and hopefully that would help too to get them. But I think once the kids have the knowledge, I think the kind of influence and convince the parents to some. And once we keep pushing the kids, they keep pushing the parents. Mm -hmm. So I think that works. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin, for the knowledge that you've shared, especially the websites that we can always get out to our families and our constituents. What is something that you would like to say to summarize what we've discussed today as it relates to cooking with kids? and food safety in general? So I think some summary points I had here, I talked about cooking at home contributes to healthier diets, that's one. Cooking at home reduces calorie consumption when we are looking at our obesity um, problem. It saves money, that's important. If, for example, that question you asked me earlier, how are they going to convince their parents to buy? Well, of course, we teach them how to shop, making the best with little money. So mm -hmm. it saves money. And of course, we know if we save money, we save, we have less stress. So it helps to reduce stress. It gives the kids more, and even family, because what the kids learn transcend to the family. It gives the family more control over their health in terms of um, your chronic diseases. And of course, it brings some relief and joy to the family. In terms of uh, food safety, of course, they learn in the process how to keep their food safe. And we close in, I would read a sentence that says, research finds that people who eat home cooked meals on a regular basis 
tend to be happier, healthier, they consume less sugar, less processed foods, and this can result in higher energy levels and better mental health. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would summarize that. Well, again, thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin, for attending our Cooking with Kids podcast. And if you would like to learn more about Cooking with Kids or to reach Dr. Benjamin about this and other research programs, please contact her at abovellbenjamin at tuskegee.edu, or she may be reached at 334-727-8717. Again, Dr. Benjamin, thank you so much, and we look forward to speaking with you again.